This is the best of BYU Sports Nation. Interviews and insight from this week in Cougar Sports. Every Saturday, only on BYU Radio. To lead off, here's the double coverage interview of the week. Well, new linebacker A.J. Vongpachan, certainly been a welcome addition from Utah State, had a monster year last year, and is looking to do the same at BYU this year. Yesterday after practice, Spencer Linton spoke with the linebacker. A.J., I don't know if you've heard this, but I, I heard one of your coaches and one of your teammates refer to you as A.J.V. Now, there's another famous linebacker with three letters and an acronym, KVN, Kyle Van Noy. So how do you feel about being the second as AJV at BYU? Yeah, I think, I feel it's good, but I think mine's more, they couldn't pronounce the last name, so it's just easier on them, but I'll take it, I'll take it. Right on, game week, how, what are your emotions like? Depth chart's out, you know you're the guy along with Max Tooley and Ben Bywater in that linebacker room, so what are your emotions like as you're just a few days away from playing your first game as a BYU Cougar at Lavelle Edwards Stadium? Yeah, no, I mean, I'm super excited. I mean, it came super, super quick. Like, I remember, like it was yesterday, I just got here. It really feels like I just got here, but everything just went by so fast. Fall camp flew by, and we're, ready. We are, we're already at game week, so I'm just super excited, and, you know, the guys are ready to get after it. Naturally, there are questions about, because there are so many new faces at on the BYU football team, can they gel together? Can the chemistry be there? Now, I don't know how much you can speak to the entirety of the team, but certainly you can tell us about the linebacker group, and they're, you're the new guy. So what's the chemistry like in the linebacker's room as you look to transition in? Yeah, the chemistry's been awesome. Ever since day one, those guys have been nothing but welcome me in, help me acclimate to the culture. And, you know, it's not just in our room, but it's honestly team-wide, you know what I'm saying? Like, there's not, you know, cliques of people in the locker room. Everyone's, everyone's like, friend. And, you know, we all, we're all, like, you know, have the same goal. And even on the defensive side, right, we have a ton of new guys on defense, and we're all just, you know, here for one common goal, and it's to, it's to win, so. I asked Ben Bywater this same question because every player has a different skill set. You're all a little bit different. But between you three, Ben, Max, and yourself, how are your roles different and similar? And we'll start with you. What is your role as one of the starting linebackers that may be a little bit different compared to the other two? Yeah, I mean, I, I think just for me, I can do just on the ball and off the ball a little bit more. That's kind of what I do. And that's kind of what I did early on in my career. Kind of, I was an edge. So kind of be able to do that stuff, come in the line of scrimmage, come off, play off the ball backer. And, uh, you know, each, each of us, can also do that honestly we're all pretty good and like I can I can test I've learned so much from those two guys just alone just being in here in the short amount of time they they're really good players and I just you know I'm excited to keep learning from them how would you explain Max's role specifically yeah he's uh he's got really really good inst instincts and he, you know he just flies to the ball and you know doesn't doesn't overthink think things and just kind of go gets the ball and what about Ben Bywater yeah hey he's really smart you know that's kind of one thing that I picked up from him that uh you know he just He's just really in tune with what's going on and pre-snap keys, and you know that's also something I'm trying to take it from him. As you work with Jay Hill, and this is a new defense, but a more aggressive defense, where have you noticed that it is notably aggressive and 
different from what BYU has run in the past. I know you didn't play for BYU in the past, but I think you're aware of what they did last year, and you certainly know what the new defense is like. So how is it different this go-around? Yeah, I mean, it's obviously just a little different in terms of, you know, we're more aggressive up front versus the run. Uh, you know, I, I know it was a little different in the pre years past, but I would say that's the biggest thing. And, you know, our primary goal is to stop the run and, you know, make them, make them throw the ball downfield. So that's kind of the biggest transition, and, you know, we're ready to get after it. Your specific linebackers coach is also new to BYU football of sorts. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's made his way back around, but what's Justin Analike as the linebackers coach? Yeah, he's super intense. You know, he's going he's gonna to get on you, but, you know, expe he expects the most out of you. You know, that's the biggest thing, and that's why I came here, because I knew what I was going to get. And, uh, you know, I've gotten better, and all the guys have gotten better from it. So he's just, you know, going to push you, but he knows that, um, you know, you should be up at a higher standard than what you see yourself at. How much do you know about Sam Houston football at this point? What's the scouting report on the Bearcats? Yeah, they're a good football team. Obviously, you know, they registered a lot of their guys uh, going into the FBS. But uh, I have a ton of respect for those guys. You know, for me coming from Utah State, you know, we played a ton of FCS programs. And, you know, last year we, we ended up losing to Weaver State. So I know how it feels. And I know, you know, that's not what you want to go into for the first game, you know, first couple of games. So a ton of respect for those guys. And, you know, I know they're going to come in ready to play. What type of offense did they run, and how are you preparing for it? Yeah, they're you know they want to run the ball. You know, obviously they that's what they pride themselves on, and you know we're excited because that's obviously a question that we have for the defensive side if we can stop the run. And you know I'm just ready to get after it. And uh, yeah, I, I need to follow up on this too. Does Jay Hill give you a hard time about losing to Weaver State? Uh, he did early on when he was recruiting me, but uh, he kind of chilled out a little bit as as the time went on. But he for sure does here and there. <laughs> and then. Uh, your coach, your head coach, Kalani Satake, uh, he's made it very clear, we're not going to take Sam Houston lightly. I'm preparing my guy not just for 10 Power 5 teams, but for 12. We yeah. need to approach it the same way. So with that in mind, what's the approach like as you prepare for a season opener? You, you know that they are coming from FCS, but how do you make yourself prepare like they are a Power 5 program? You know, just not taking them lightly. At the end of the day, they're going to come here. It's another opponent for us to showcase what we have to do. And like I said, I know it's all too well what that feels like to take an opponent lightly. So, you know, just reiterating it across the locker room. And, uh, you know, I don't, I don't see the guys taking anything lightly. We're out here practicing hard and getting ready for the first game. So, How have you changed and improved as a linebacker from your time before to now where you are at BYU? Yeah, I would say just the attention to detail. You know, I'm just trying to get in the film room more, pre prepare harder you know the guys the guys here push me as well so I could just say that you know coach Anna pushes me to be at a high standard along with the rest of the guys so I just say the tension the detail and preparation okay I'm just going to throw out a hypothetical scenario or hypothetical statement you, you fill in the blank essentially but a successful night on Saturday Saturday looks like what you know a win obviously you know a good defensive performance we want to we want to play lights out and uh, that would be a successful you know everyone just playing on the same page and uh, flying to the ball yeah, what does a good defensive performance, what qualifies as that? Like, are there numbers associated with that, certain stats? Like, what is that? How do you envision that? Yeah, obviously I could say stats, but I would just say, you know, holding them to, you know, just at the end of the day, just getting the win, right? Obviously you don't want to give them points. Uh, obviously we want to go out there and shut them out. But uh, at the end of the day, we just need to do our job and, you know, uh, let things happen. Okay, and we'll finish with this. I mean, how – would you explain the culture of BYU football right now? Now that you've been through a training camp, and it's not just, uh, I know BYU, you know, I've talked to some of the guys, but now that you've gone through this, the, essentially all the training camp, what's the culture like and, and how is it different for you? Yeah, I would just say it's a huge family environment. Uh, ever since I got here, I felt just a seamless transition. You know, I could say that. I, I'm, 
you know, I, I kind of was nervous, obviously, being the new guy. It's my first time transferring, and these guys have done nothing but show love and help me acclimate. And, you know, I feel I felt like I've been here for a few years, you know, not just a couple months. So I would just say a family environment for sure. Ladies and gentlemen, he is AJV. And for the record, it's Vong Pachan. Like, I'm aware, okay? Like, I'm not, af- I'm not afraid of that, AJ. Yes, sir. We'll give it for the other people, right? <laughs> yes, sir. Appreciate you. AJ Vong Pachan, he's going to be a, a big part of this uh, BYU defense. Had a great year last year. You see what he did with uh, Sacks. Had 10 and a half tackles for loss. He had nine tackles against BYU in the Cougars' win last year. Big expectations for this guy. Yeah, there's no question about it. And I loved his addition to this defense. I think what I'm even more excited about is to see how he specifically is used in this defense, along with the other linebackers. And quite frankly, that side of the ball, I'm really curious to see how everybody is used. But everything about him screams linebacker. He just looks the part. So I'm really excited about that group, specifically the linebackers, could be really good. His uh, his dad is from Laos. His mom is uh, Mexican. And so he grew up speaking Spanish and and, uh, learned, uh, you know, multiple languages in the house, which is pretty cool. He fits in at BYU in that way, which is great. Um, And so we're looking forward to that. Ben Bywater has led the Cougars in tackles the last two years. Could A.J. Vongpachab be the leading tackler, perhaps? Absolutely he could be. I'm not going to – I'm not going to take that off the table. It'd be funny if you were like, no. It's like, <laughs> wait, what? Why? Yes, there's a chance, right? The, the dude put up 100-plus last year. Ben had 98, so that could be a fun battle in terms of who shows up there. Well, now, and, and if we're looking at sellover, stun yes. assistant, whatever. Just make a tackle that matters, right? right? Someone has to, Tackles, in a way, is a little overrated. Someone's got to tackle the person yeah. unless it's they run out of bounds uh, or it's incomplete uh, or intercepted or whatever. But, like, the, the, he's, he's all over the field, which yes. is very exciting. Him... Thule, Bywater, all, all of those Hopefully guys. All three be the of those leader. guys aren't gone next year because yeah. we know AJ's a, a one and done. Right. Uh, I believe Max has his last year. I believe Ben has another year, uh, maybe two, uh, with COVID after this year. But who knows how it'll go? So uh, we'll see. Man. That was one of our favorite interviews this week. You're listening to the best of BYU Sports Nation. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. Welcome to BYU Sports Nation, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It is the final day of August, August 31st. I am Jerem Jordan. Well, one of the best players on the team, in fact, in my opinion, the best player on BYU's football team, is left tackle Kingsley Suamata-Ia. Earlier this week, Mel Kuyper of ESPN listed him as the fifth best tackle in the country. He's getting first-round buzz. And he just got engaged, which is probably the most important thing that's going on in his life right now. But BYU and Sam Houston coming up. Kingsley is going to play a huge role on this team this year. I caught up with the big man after practice last night. All right, Kingsley, we're almost there, man. How you feeling uh, just a couple of days away from uh, the first game? I feel great. Um, the boys, you know, putting out work, offense and defense, uh, putting in the last few installs, uh, tweaking the last few things for both sides of the ball. But... Our team's looking good and um, just ready for this first game. Do you like the idea of sort of preseason expectations for this team being a little low to where you can su- surprise people? Do you feel disrespected by, by that? How do you take it? Uh, f- I speak for all of us boys um, on the team. We don't feel disrespected. It's, it is what it is. We'll just we'll come out and show the, show the world what we can do as a team. And we're going to put BYU on the map. So 
Um, it's, it's not like a disrespect thing, but we'll just, we know what we can do as a team, so we'll just come out and ball out. Because when Aaron Roderick says, this is a good team, he doesn't mince words. Like, if the team was just okay, he wouldn't say anything. But he says it's a good team. What do you see that makes this team good? The brotherhood, the leadership, and the love that we have for each one, uh, each one and every one of us. Um, just taking care of each other on and off the field, uh, making sure everybody's right. Uh, from the last guy to the guy on the top, uh, just loving each other and um, just the bond that we have. What's the transition been like from right tackle to left tackle for you this season, being the main guy there? Um, it's just been uh, it's, it's been easy. Um, I played left tackle my whole life, so just switching over to my natural spot, um, it just feels good to be back. But um, just great with the play wherever. You did an interview this uh, summer where you talked about how much you love the ferocity, the physicality of the game. What is it um, that makes you love that so much? Because at left tackle, you, you're in it every play. Um, it's honestly just a mentality thing, you know, uh, just coming out next play, um, just just the guy in front of you, that's your job. At the end of the day, it's your job to be one guy that's one less guy that everybody else has to worry about. So just do your assignment. So it's, it's, it's all mind game. The Fridge, uh, William Perry for uh, the Bears said, when I was little, I was big. When you were little, were you big? Yeah, a little bit, a little <laughs> bit. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was kind of big. <laughs> were you always the biggest kid, or did you have a growth spurt at some point? Uh, I, hit, I actually hit a growth spurt. I was always the biggest one, but I hit a bigger growth spurt during, like, junior high. <laughs> when you're left tackle, you get a second growth spurt? Oh, yeah, a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Um, th this team this year, Sam Houston, um, you know, 10 P5s after the first couple games. Kalani said, we're playing 12 Power Fives. How have you guys approached this first game against a team that is very hungry to prove themselves at FBS level? Uh, we just got to approach it like every other game. Um, that's our first opponent, so that's what everyone is focused on. Um, that's our first game, so we just got to not look past anybody. They're right in front of us this Friday, so it's just going to be us versus them. So it, it's, it's game time. What does a great day on offense look like Saturday to you? Running the ball. Just run game, just smash mouth football. That's, that's what our own line does. That's what our running backs are made to do, so just running the ball. Last year's O-line was really good, like PFF, which is one way to quantify offensive line play. Number one pass blocking, number 12 run blocking. That's pretty good. Yet it feels like this group uh, is maybe even a little deeper than last group uh, last year. How would you characterize this year's offensive line? Um, a lot of new faces. Um, we got from Paul to from Waylon um, to Caleb. There's a lot of new faces, but everyone brings out everyone's athletic that this is like our old last our last o-line uh, everybody was athletic but i think this year we're more athletic um more versatile we can move um but it, it's good everybody can do their assignment well do you get nervous before games never never no just i'm usually a chill guy during game day yeah. chill until that last second on the clock then i just switch it on what's that how do you how do you switch it on at that point Right before I switch it on, I just look up in the stands, look up at my mom and them. Now I'm ready to go. Looking at them gets you in that football mood. Most definitely. Just just looking up there, seeing my family. That's that's why I play football. You know, got It's it's just love for the game. It's, I I love the game more than a lot of people, but I just love playing football. And it's just the next play. Just looking back to seeing the what I'm repping on my front, the Y in the back, my family. So two things uh, that I love the most and I can rep, so 
And now you rep uh, the Big 12, which is exciting. Is there any, I don't know if pressure is the right word, but it's kind of added uh, context to being in a league now and sort of repping not only yourselves and, your, you know, the school, the family, but the league in some way? Um, we just got to come out, you know. Big 12, that's just another logo on us um, just to represent, but it doesn't change anything between me, um, our offense, our defense, our whole team, coaching staff. It doesn't change anything the way our approaching is, but uh, everybody want to look under us, but – You'll, they'll see it this season. Heck, the United States flag's on there, too. So I think there's like four, uh, which is awesome. Mel Kuyper came out and has you have the, as the fifth best tackle in college football. What do you make of that? Um, I'm just grateful. Just got to keep grinding, see who's ahead of me, and just put my head down and keep going. Just, I don't really, I'm not really into the, all the stats stuff. Yeah, I hear it from people here and out, but I'm not, not one of those guys who just keep up on stats and stuff. But I just keep working and come here. It's kind of hot outside, but it doesn't matter. Sam Houston don't care, so we don't care. So we just come out every day and just put our head down. Kingsley, perhaps the most important thing, not perhaps, it is, uh, that has happened recently to you doesn't have anything to do with football. It has to do with getting engaged to Nani Falatea. We know her from the basketball team. Uh, congratulations on that. And what was that like, man? Um, shoot, I ain't trying to cheer up on camera, but it's probably the, the best thing that happened in my life. Um, oh, my gosh. Uh, just engaging, and that's probably the biggest step I've taken in my life so far. Um, just finding a woman that uh, just values what I value. Um, but it was a great weekend, and um, nothing but love to my Falatale family. So it's good. Were you more nervous doing that or playing in a game? Um, that. <laughs> that that was most definitely the most stressful I've ever been in my life. But now that it's over with, it's nothing but love and um, just focusing on football now. So it's good. What kind of context is is there for you knowing, okay, if I play really well, there's a there's a chance to be a high draft pick, perhaps next year, the year after that, whenever you'd want to come out? Uh, most definitely. Um, but I'm just not focused on anything. Like I said, I'm just focused on Sam Houston, focused on my team now, focused on our team bonding, and just bringing us more together. And then I know that individual goals will come as our team goals come. So um, it'll be good. The Royal Blue uh, Collective uh, – announced that they're, hey, every player is going to get paid. What role does that play in 2023 for a college football player like yourself to, to be paid a certain amount at a certain school? Um, it's definitely a humbling and it's, it's grateful. All of us are grateful, um, all the way from our walk-ons, all the way to the scholars. Everyone's paid, so it's just a blessing seeing a little extra uh, money in everybody's pocket. Everyone's seeing more smiling, so I'm just grateful to see me and all my boys just have a little extra money in our pockets. If you're a starter, do you take the walk-ons out for dinner or something, you know, since it's uh, leveled? <laughs> I mean, we can, but <laughs> we all go out to eat. We all meet up in places. So. Share it together. Yeah, yeah share. Awesome. <laughs> well, Kingsley, I appreciate the time. Best of luck Saturday against Sam Houston. Thank you. Appreciate it. That is a big dude as we welcome Spencer in. What's up, man? Um, the, the fact that Kingsley is so highly rated and the fact that he just went through the most nervous thing he'll do all year, uh, which is uh, perhaps his life, uh, get engaged. He has checked that box. This man can play free knowing uh, he is uh, committed to his uh, now fiance, Nani Falate. And he's going to be a huge piece of this BYU run game. Like, the, the, the word on the street is that Kingsley is the best of the last three left tackles, which is saying a lot. Brady yes. Christensen's in the NFL. Blake Freeland's in the NFL. Kingsley Siomatia might be the best of them. And he's a five-star that BYU got, Spence, which is very rare. Very rare. Third and a fourth-round pick. With the previous two left tackles you just mentioned. Let's go at least second round with Kingsley, if not first. This feels like he's going to be a day one guy. 
I, Very well could be. Most projections have him anywhere from 9 to 29. I would remind people that Blake was in a similar situation walking into last year. Freeland. <sighs> Lib to the fourth. Kingsley, to me, um, is even better. And those guys were awesome. So let's see where he lands, man. But uh, super excited for him, obviously, what's going on off the field. And uh, he's, he's really good. He's really good. He's been really durable. Yeah. He is, um, like, on the field, like you talked about, he's a mean dude. Yeah. And it, I love it. To your point, if he's More already, Dustin Reichert's. If he's already gone through the toughest, most stressful, most dramatic thing yeah. that he's going to do this year, then uh, he can just lock it in. He play, can lock it in. Play free, man. Yeah. All and and uh, he's got an opportunity, you know, this season to really showcase himself in the Big 12, too. So we, we in life we we get to these these moments where you know we we focus on football we're like e- football is everything and then you do something like that where you ask someone to marry you and you get engaged and you're like well there are things bigger than football <laughs> yes yes there are and yesterday I saw it in person with the uh, you know true blue hero at practice oh amazing they give them they give them shirts right for every day of the week they say and for the second most important day here's your jersey for game day yes. Yes. And then they say, for the most important day, here's your time. The best of BYU Sports Nation will be back after this on BYU Radio. Get caught up in the week in Cougar Sports. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation. Welcome back to BYU Sports Station. We are live on a Monday in Studio B. It is time for more of your Monday mailbag questions. Okay. We're answering things that you have submitted. Yes. And we go next to Caleb Plue, who submits this question on X. Yeah. From a media perspective, hey. what do you think the story is about BYU this year? What will the ESPN announcers be saying <laughs> about BYU at the beginning of every game? The Keaton Slovis drove his car from the, No, um... It, that's a good question. I, I think it's going to be, obviously, BYU in the Big 12 and kind of that new one. The newcomer. Yes, it's going to be Jay Hill in the defense. It's going to be Keaton Slovis and Aiden Robbins. Um, yes, I was going to say Keaton the, Slovis. Yeah, Keaton's going to be kind of the face of BYU uh, here. Yeah, I, I think that's what it'll be in terms of like that like annoying human interest story that will be overly discussed, like Zach Wilson driving... I don't know yet, uh, but we'll figure that out. There will be one. There <laughs> will be something you, that happens. There will be something. Yeah. Right, but Keaton Slovis is, is my first answer. That will be, okay, what does the 2019 yeah. Pac-12 Freshman of the Year, does that version show up at BYU to help yeah. the Cougars transition into their first year as a Power 5? Ten oh. Power 5 games for yes. the first time ever. I'll tell you what I hope it is. I hope it's that. Wow, BYU is really handling this transition well, and they are jumping out to a four and one start, two and zero in league. That's what I hope it is. Yeah. And then we get in October, and you hope to sort of survive with at least one win there, and then in November you got to get a couple. But that's what I'm hoping it'll be. I feel like, and we heard a little bit from Trevor Maddich. Granted, Trevor obviously is a BYU graduate, won a national championship here, so he's going to present BYU with a pinch of positive. Yeah. But um, he tries to be really fair to the situation, and I, I think that, that it will be the chase for six wins and getting yeah. to a bowl game. He said if Kalani and, and uh, you know, the team get eight wins, hey, up for national coach of the year. That's not really the case in my opinion, but like, um, you've got to win 10-plus to be in that mix. But, yeah, uh, uh, like uh, respectively or graded on a curve in our mind, yeah, yeah, that'd be one of the best performances ever. 
Carson Stewart on Instagram submits this question. What do you think the chances are that BYU could make a run at the Big 12 championship? He leads in parentheses as a clear underdog. Yeah. Uh, okay, you play nine games. You, you probably need to go at least seven. And you two. have to win seven games you to, to be in position. seven games in league. Um, I don't – okay, listen. We know who pays the bills here. We love Brigham. We graduated from here. I don't think this is the year where we're talking about a Big 12 championship. Um, or, or making a run like TCU. Sure. He's just asking for a chance. You have a percentage. Oh, do I have a percentage? Just a percentage. Super low. Super low. Like 5, 2% or something. I'm not in it for that. Like, I think in the next three to three year three, four, five, we are, we hope to be talking about this is the year that BYU makes that run. Yes. No. There is so much parity in a 14 team conference. Standing's going to be wild. I mean, we especially don't even... when seven or eight of the teams are like, projected yeah. to win between five and seven games. Do we even know how to look at standings? We haven't in 12 years in football. <laughs> Do we even understand what those look like or, or could mean? Like, yeah, if you go seven and two, you're, you are probably in. Depends how much parity there is in the league. We think there will be a lot. I mean, Jerem, two of the 14 teams are going to make the championship game. Right. Okay? Two of the 14. It, those, those odds alone are not great. Right. Okay, so then you throw in BYU and the uptick that they're going to face in competition. I think it's fair to say somewhere between 5 to 7% chance, and that might be too high. That might be too high. Uh, probably too high, and that's not to sort of crap on the expectations here for this team. It's to be realistic based on who BYU has and what this league is like right now. Okay, BYU's going to build up to be one of the best. Yeah, teams. so Carson, I'm yeah. giving you 5%, bro. 5% yeah. chance BYU makes just a Big 12 championship game appearance. Yeah. And again, that, that might be blue goggle. I don't know. It's Still a, pretty low. It's all good, though. Make a bowl game plus. Let's go. Our elite mailbag question of the day, presented by PAX Healthcare Elevated, comes from at Tabletop Liberty on X, who says, We always like to analyze who would be a trap game for BYU, but since we are being overlooked by so many this season, what teams on the schedule would BYU be the trap game for? That is a great question. And it's going to be a lot of t- – I don't think there's any way that Texas overlooks BYU given what happened a decade ago. Like, or they'll jump over you. And the coach went to BYU, so, like, he's on high alert. He understands what BYU's about. Yeah, yeah, it'll be interesting. Um, you know, TCU, there's some old feelings there. But in terms of, like, who they have – I always look before and after that week. I would have to look a little closer on that one. But that's a good question. To me, I feel like BYU is a trap game for Oklahoma. I really do. At this point. We'll yeah, see how yeah. the season evolves. Because yeah, yeah. they don't care about 94 and 09. No. We do. But I think that, I think that they're going to walk into a hornet's nest, and it's going to be a little tougher than C- Oklahoma might think. Cincinnati, again, Cincinnati has no clue, even though they played BYU. They have no clue what they're going to experience here. Like, it's going to be <laughs> I would have loved that game to be like Oklahoma. Sure. That would have been the ideal spot for them. All right. Okay, uh, coming up uh, this week, we have women's volleyball, baby. This team might, they're ranked 17 right now, but they might be in the top 10. We'll see. Uh, taking on LMU on Big 12 now on ESPN Plus, 9 Eastern, coming up Wednesday night. And before we go to break, we need to honor a close colleague and friend, a former coworker who gave, in many ways, everything to BYU Broadcasting. This is John Anderson, who lived to work in his broadcast production element. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. The best of BYU Sports Nation collects our favorite conversations and brings them to you every Saturday.
first one. KVN, and it was pointed out earlier this week, AJ Vongpachan goes by AJV. So maybe that means AJV. good things. KVN and an AJV. Let's That's go. gotta mean good things. Number four. Uh, yeah, let's go to Lincoln, Nebraska. Dave, you were there. Oh yeah, it was something. This is unbelievable. BYU visiting Lincoln for the first time ever in this matchup. Up 10 were the Cougars at half behind two rush touchdowns and a pass touchdown from Taysom Hill, but had to leave with that infamous foot injury. Liz Frank. Ugh. True freshman Tanner Mangum comes into the game down one, fourth and three. Mangum to Mitch Matthews. Caught for the touchdown. A Hail Mary for the ages by BYU at Lincoln Memorial. The miracle at Memorial and Bronco Mendenhall <laughs> celebration. Just epic. BYU wins 33-28. ESPN had this as number two in their list of greatest college football season openers just a few days ago. There was something else. One memory I, I won't forget is right after the game, we're interviewing Tanner Mangum live on BYU TV, and just before the interview starts is when he's informed Taysom's out for the year. So you have the high of highs and oh. then yes. low of lows, and then also the pressure of having to be the guy all within about 30 seconds. What, what an unbelievable turn of events. Like, all right. Let's go to number three. It was a hot August day here at Lavelle Edwards oh, yeah. Stadium. Yep. Texas A&M's in town, the wrecking crew. The I want those team. uniforms back, Dave. Steve Sarkeesian throwing a touchdown to Attila Mini. What a day for Sark. 33 of 44, 436 yards and six touchdowns. Take that, that vaunted wrecking crew. Uh, and this is the big one to KOKL Louie. 50 yards, it's a game winner. Oh. BYU wins at 41-37. They go on to a 14-1 season, beat Kansas State in the Cotton Bowl. How about KO catching the game winner dramatically against Texas A&M to open the season and then catching the game winner to open it dramatically, again, or to, to win the game dramatically against Kansas State? Uh, storybook season. Yeah. Number two, 1984, BYU at Pittsburgh, the first nationally televised college football game that was live on ESPN. BYU trailed 14-3 in the third, but Locke Heimuli, <laughs> Brought it with one score with a 12-yard touchdown run. Then down to Robbie Bosco, 50 yards to Adam Haysbert. His brother is the All-State guy, Dennis Haysbert, but Adam was the real star on this day. BYU leading 20-14. They would hold on and win by that score. The Cougars, of course, went 13-0 national champs. What's better than beating number three, Pittsburgh, to open up a national championship season, Dave? Did you see that ESPN logo? Yes. That's how long ago it was. <laughs> by the way, Blaine Fowler uh, completed the first pass ever televised live yes. on ESPN. Yes, BYU had a trick early play. In the game, a little trick, trick play. Bosco play. handed to him. He chucked it downfield to Kozlowski. I think he threw a terrible pass, but Kozlowski <laughs> made a spectacular grab. Blaine will tell you it was a fabulous History pass, and he got hit by a huge linebacker. Blaine will tell you a lot of things, and he'll tell you tonight <laughs> on after further review. All right, let's go to number one. Of course, we're going to Texas Cowboys Stadium. Oh, yes. Here come the Cougars against number three, Oklahoma. In a, in a game for the ages. This is in 2009. That's Dennis Pitta, the Hall of Famer, in for the touchdown. This one back and forth, but this was the big hit of the game. Oh, the AC Sam joint. Bradford out for the season. That torpedoed the Sooners. And Max Hall, McKay Jacobson, back of the end zone. That's the game winner. Sooners had a chance with a long 54-yard field goal. It's not close. BYU wins it 14-13. to they finished that season 11 and 2. You know, they beat Ole Miss, the first Independence game, 14 to 13. They beat Oklahoma, their biggest win as an Independent, 14 to 13. How about that? Okay, I'll just, so many good memories, good feels right now. Like, this, this is an unbelievable game for BYU. We celebrated hard in Provo that night. That is, that is for sure. That just took Tuesday to a whole new level. 
We got volleyball this week. The Cougars up to number nine in the polls. Everyone's number nine, really, what's going on now. And BYU hosting LMU, the home opener. That's at 9 o'clock Eastern time tomorrow night. The best of BYU Sports Nation will be back after this on BYU Radio. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. Welcome to BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It is Friday, September 1st. Oh, we waited so long. Football season is here. I am Spencer Linton, and he is the number one believer in the BYU Sports Nation Karma Power Rankings, Jerem Jordan. Help thou my unbelief, not. Yesterday we had Brecken Mozingo and uh, Ellie Walbrook on because, mm -hmm. hey, they played at UCLA. Yep. And last night, BYU beat UCLA, and the first goal was from who? Ellie Walbrook, and it looked and sounded like this. Good look by Felino. It's a long ball for Walbrook. Walbrook with a chip and a goal. And the Cougs open the scoring with the former Bruin marking against their old team. It's 1-0 BYU. That's an unbelievable goal, by the way. She's been on the pitch for like 60 seconds, by the way. <laughs> Subs on, she's like, I know what to do. She's going to score. That's amazing. So congrats to uh, women's soccer. Uh, women's uh, volleyball swept McNeese, and so I finished calling that, and then I went over to the game, and it was so fun. And uh, props to BYU administration for somehow getting The Rock to not Stormfield. Yes. Because it would cost BYU $25,000. Yeah, we don't want to give away 25 k <laughs> By the way, in football, it's over 100. Um, so I look forward to seeing whether that actually doesn't happen uh, at some point. The last two times we have had a women's soccer player in studio on the show, they scored things have happened. Yes. Bella Felino, right? Uh -huh. Both the day of, by the way. Yeah. The like day of. The season opener. Like they we, get it. They're like, we're not bringing you in the day before, we're bringing you in day <laughs> Game of. day. Yeah, two for two, that's pretty and good. Bella Felino scores. And then Ellie Walbrook, again, like 60 seconds on the field. And she scores. That's amazing. And she assisted the second goal, by the way, which was that? just an absolute rocket oh, from Rachel, Rachel McCarthy. McCarthy. Yeah, hopefully we see that one later. But um, Walbrook knew before anybody else. So she starts, before the ball even crosses over, she starts her celebration. Yes. The so BYU photo has this, like, it's celebration that, thing. Everyone else waiting for the yes. ball to go through. She knew. It's the Steph Curry situation. Yes. Right? Like Gilbert he Arenas three, he would turns around say and... the word hibachi. <laughs> At, he would shoot and go hibachi before it went in. Oh. That was a hibachi moment. Well, yeah. hibachi for the show today. It's time for what's trending. So rise and shout. Let's get to it. A lot of energy and excitement going into this game. BYU is the superior team. BYU is going to win the game. We're really excited to welcome them to Pro Bowl to Nova Stadium. Trending presented by Feastbox, donating 10% of every order to Full of Hope, a charitable organization that feeds hungry families. We finally made it. Power 5 era begins tomorrow for BYU. The Big 12 era begins tomorrow for BYU. In football. And the Cougars have a home game to open the season, which doesn't happen often Where? in independence. Jerem, it's tomorrow. So let's just go ahead and get the, uh, you know, particulars out of the way. Hit it! Countdown to the Bearcats. 
one day away. And the new, formalities are done. Our new set is too sort of nice for confetti cannons. So here's a montage of us shooting them off previously. <laughs> one day more. Whisper in there somewhere, Jerem. Yeah, we we need careless that, whisper. That happened too, if you know, you know. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, uh, much cleaner situation. That was fun to look back at that, and that was a few pounds ago for me. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good times right there. And uh, to your point, no cleanup today. Which no, is no, also we're great. good. We I, also never helped clean up. We, so shout out to everyone who did. We said this yesterday, but I, I feel like the the confetti and the fireworks and the madness that that needed to happen this off season was. June 30th to it July 1st. Already. Yeah, it was the Big 12 welcome, yes. right? Yes. So we've we've covered that madness. Yes. Maybe next year we'll bring back the confetti cans. Perhaps. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, with that said, let's get to topic number one. Oh, yeah, that. Mm-hmm. What will Sunday's headlines look like mm. following BYU's season opener against the Bearcats of Sam Houston? The old Predict the future, headline. yes. Yeah. The crystal ball, yeah, Jeremy. Yeah, I've got three. Okay, ready? Uh-huh. I'm ready. I'm ready. Provo stays weird. <laughs> Slovis throws four touchdowns. Okay. Keaton Slovis called BYU weird uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. one time, so there's that. Uh-huh. What the hill? Jay's defense delivers. Ooh. You like that one? I like that one. Yes. You like that? I do. And yeah. Sam Houston, we have a problem. BYU wins 41-7. You had to do that one, right? Like, okay. It's a little too easy. There are my three. There are my three. Yeah, I, I think Keaton Slovis could have a big game. We'll see. I hope the defense does a really nice job tomorrow. That's certainly... Uh, in show me mode, yeah. uh, which is exciting. And then, uh, you know, hopefully BYU wins big. Okay, I've got a few as well. And I'm big on alliteration. You call me yeah. anchor boy, right? Well, you're still um, anchoring the news sometimes, kids. So, uh, with sports, that is. I have embraced it. Yeah, well, let's, it, let's it, hear it. Is, it is what it is. Sure. Uh, my first Sunday headline okay. is Cats KO'd with the two K's. Nice. Okay, because it's Bear Cats with a K. Yes, with the K. Knocked out. And mm-hmm. then Big 12 Brigham means business mm. alluding to BYU like looking very sharp and they're already in business mode like this game I expect it to I, I'm expecting a lot from BYU I expect them to look sharp I expect I expect them to be precise I expect them to look exactly the opposite of what we saw Florida play like last night <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's what I expect this is a team that has a lot of veterans on it a lot of experience and they're led by a fifth year senior transfer quarterback Keaton Slovis I think they're going to show up in, like, business trip, we hear. Like, oh, this is, this is business. When, I, when are they saying, no, this is a casual trip? This is a vacation. I, just, I, think, I think that their focus will match those words. Let's hope because so many new guys could easily lend itself to a little bit of rust out of the gate. Not because you haven't been together in a long time. You haven't been together at all. Like, this is a new-look offensive line. A lot of talent there. There's some returners, of course. Like Paul Miley at center, he's a new guy, uh, right tackle, right guard. They're new. They're, all, they're new except for Kingsley for the most part, right? Keaton Slobus, Aiden Robbins, Darius Lasseter, Keelan Marion, all the tight ends not named Isaac sure. Rex for the most part. Defensively, uh, two new defensive tackles, new linebacker, new corner. The, there's a lot of new here, so it'll be interesting to see what they can yeah. figure out together. The hope is what you said, that they come out and have this really smooth start. 
there's a chance that it's not super smooth, but that it still goes well. Absolutely. Like, like BYU could still win big, but not look entirely smooth. In fact, if you're not going to look smooth, this and next week are the two games to do it in. I don't want to see procedural issues and simple stuff and just burned deep a lot in the next 10 Power 5 games. You have two weeks to figure it out. I don't need BYU to be awesome these next two weeks. I would like big wins. Looking awesome is winning big and looking very crisp and smooth and executing well. And, and you have penalties, but they're not costing you points and da, da, da. So we'll see what happens, man. Frankly, uh, I'm, I'm leaning on Aaron Roderick as the offensive coordinator to do his thing. Like, he steers the ship with the new sailors. Like, Ap- whoever. Like he's, he's back. Captain Jack Sparrow has got his weird compass, and it still takes you to the end zone. Right? Yes. I like, just watched, like, all five of these with my kids, by the way. So a fun he, journey. Again, I, I, I know that BYU's got a bunch of new faces, but I chose Cats KO'd because if you're familiar with boxing terminology, a KO means that the fight doesn't go the distance. Like, it, You're calling it's for over. A, a lightning delay. Like, this is, this is going to be a thumping. Like, this game I expect to be totally out of question by yeah. the mid part of the third quarter. More on that in topic two. Right? Yeah. yeah. Which, uh, so I chose that specifically because I feel like the Cats will be KO'd. And BYU, they looked really strong against USF early in the season. They looked pretty good against Navy a few years ago. Well, here's the thing. They were Sam breaking Houston in a practice bra- tackling in fall camp. <laughs> yes. You know, they were breaking I, I in a brand did. new quarterback against Arizona with Jaron Hall. And so that one was 24-16. A, a little bit more sloppy. I, 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 but Keaton Slovis is not that guy. And you lost five draft picks in the whole deal. Keaton yeah. Slovis is not going to be nervous about starting a game. No, that's the thing. Keaton is the most experienced BYU quarterback walking into his first start at BYU ever. Big 12 no, Brigham no, means business. No one has walked into their first start at BYU with more experience than Keaton Slovis. Like, it's crazy. And that, and that. Third, big, uh, third Power 5 league? That's why I expect some sharpness, even in the season opener, from that BYU offense. Because of what you just shared. Because Keaton Slovis is a guy who will not be nervous. He's He's done this before. So he can lead. He's been, we've seen this he, before. He, he can lead the offense and be sharp in game number one. All Topic right. two. Let's get you ready for the season opener with some game notes where we drop some knowledge. We will discuss. Spence, what you got? Uh, I like Kalani Satake in season openers, Jerem, because mm. BYU is 6-1 and one in season openers under head coach Kalani Satake. This is only the third time, however, that Kalani and company have opened a season at home. In his tenure at BYU, typically BYU's been on the road. Yeah, that one loss is 2019 Utah. That was a very good Utah team. That was a very young BYU team. So, hey, I like that number. Let's go. Okay, uh, both teams are leveling up. BYU's first game as a Power 5 team in the Big 12. Sam Houston's first game as an FBS team. Are we undervaluing the Sam Houston angle of this in FBS in terms of what they are out to prove? We understand what BYU is sort of feeling in terms of pressure to perform as a Power 5 team. But Sam Houston has literally redshirted a lot of guys we'll talk about in a sec for this season. Yes. I feel like that kind of offsets each other because both teams have something to prove in their own specific universe. Check. Yes. Weighed equally. I think that 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 levels out for sure. BYU has waited much longer for this moment than Sam Houston, like historically. (sighs) Sam Houston has been one of the best FCS teams. We'll we'll chronicle in a moment. Um, I think it's a bigger deal for BYU to go to Power 5. And, obviously, we think from the BYU perspective. Mm. Well, BYU is on their home field as a Power 5 team officially for the first time in what in front of what's going to be just an absolutely juiced 
an ecstatic home crowd. It was so fun. We mentioned all of the new faces, and we brought this up earlier this week when we were talking uh, about the starters with the depth chart revealed on Tuesday, or so on Monday. We talked about it on Tuesday, but 11 of the 24 BYU starters tomorrow against Sam Houston are transfers. They were not with BYU last season. Also, almost half of your starters. Get used to it. That's how it's going to be. That are new faces. That's how it's going to be a lot now. This is the new age of college football. I don't know that it's going to be 11 every year for BYU. I think this year was unique in that. Okay, now we're Power 5. We yeah. really have to make sure. It'll be there. probably a third at least, though, every year. I would year. think a third every year. Right? Yep. It just feels like the new normal. Yep. Okay, Sam Houston redshirted 20 players. 20? We've heard 15. We've heard 20. 15 to 20. So they could play as an FBS member. Uh, Ife Adeyi at wide receiver is the one that sticks out to me the most. This dude almost has 2,000 career receiving yards and 18 touchdowns. They have a some national, talent there. The national championship year, he had about 700-ish and 10 touchdowns. This is a playmaker on the outside that will match up with the likes of Eddie Hecker and Andor Jacob Robinson. Watch that matchup uh, with oh, yeah. Dayi tomorrow. How much does Sam Houston try and utilize a wide receiver group that's really good, led by Dayi? when they are a run-heavy team. Right. I'm fascinated and, and by this. Listen, uh, Brad Cornelson, the offensive coordinator for Sam Houston, did not coach last year. But at Virginia Tech, they were run-heavy. I would imagine that that's what BYU consumed in its prep. Yes. But also, like, who's the quarterback? Grant Gannell is a North Texas transfer, and then Keegan Shoemaker is kind of the incumbent guy but had, I think, six touchdowns, five picks, or vice versa. Not huge numbers last year, uh, splitting at quarterback time. So – they don't have, like, a dynamic guy. Grant Gano is 6'6", so certainly he's interesting in terms of the height, throwing over the line or whatnot. But I'm not that intimidated by the offense or the quarterback situation. Here's Shoemaker for Sam Houston. Yeah, Shoemaker's an athlete. can use his legs a little bit, as you see right there, for those watching on BYU TV. Uh, but let's keep it rolling with the game notes. And roll out some history, Jerem. I love this one. Hey, let's roll out, this let's is my favorite game history note. History lesson. Yeah. Okay. So if you're not familiar with who Sam Houston was, like the city of Houston, by the way, is named right after this guy. Old Sam. Like Sam Houston. He led the battle of, and I'm going to say this a couple of ways, depending on where you <laughs> live. Okay, If you're in California, you probably think it's San Jacinto. If you're in Texas, it's probably San Jacinto. Jacinto. So I'm going to go with San Jacinto. But he yeah. led the battle of San Jacinto. New York City. Winning Texas, it's independence from Mexico in a battle that lasted all of 18 minutes. So will the Bearcats last more than 18 minutes of game time yes. and be in it for longer than this? Yes, they will. Uh, the hope is that, you know, in the third quarter, BYU can kind of open it up if it's not already that. But, yes, 18-minute battle. That's pretty good. Yeah. I said Get over it. the formalities. You're loading the musket, and then you're done. <laughs> <laughs> what? Hopefully, BYU has much larger cannons uh, than – Nice. Than – what uh, the Bearcats present yes. with their charging <laughs> Nope, it's over. It's 18 minutes. We're done. White flag. I uh, think it's going to be over by the mid to the latter part of the third quarter. Like, this hope. game will be out of question. That's a hope. Okay. Uh, by the way, uh, watch this. If BYU happens to get up really big in this game, which we hope, more likely to see Kane Fennigan than Jake Retzloff mm. because they want to preserve the red shirt. Aaron naturally. Roderick talked about this. Yeah, naturally. That's, that's, uh, that's what I'm expecting. Uh, Keaton Slovis. BYU's quarterback needs 27 yards for 10,000 career passing yards. He would be the third BYU quarterback with 10K. Obviously, most of those are not at BYU. Mm -hmm. Won't, like, count in the record book in that way. But to crack the top 30 in FBS history, he needs 2,532. 
That's going to happen, yes. I think, right? Yes. He'll the, be in the top 30 in FPS history. That's less than 200 yards per game if you yeah. spread that out over 13 games. And having a fifth year with COVID and whatnot certainly aids in yeah. this process. But, like, Keaton Slovis has been awesome, man. Jeremy, I expect him to throw for closer to, like, 3,300 yards yeah. on this season. Like, and I think he's going to do that. that's with the clock running constantly until the last couple of minutes of each half. New rule this year. Watch that, by the way. Um, so there's going to be a slight dip in some stats because mm. there are fewer plays. We've given you our ton, but game notes and our projections with our Sunday's headlines today. Our question of the day is this. What do you think Sunday's headline will be following the BYU football season opener against Sam Houston? At Ames Flames Answers on X, Amy Jones says, her headline is, Keaton Slovis shines in Lavelle Edwards Stadium debut. The shining Slovis crushes. <laughs> if you know, you know. <laughs> yeah, the shining. Come on, man. <laughs> Caleb McKay on Instagram. Uh, Keaton Slovis shines. Another one. Wow. Keelan Mary surprises. Kalani celebrates. We had two. Two Keaton Slovis shines? Slovis shines. Man, that, maybe that's a good omen. Those these are random tweets coming from very different okay. areas of the country. Nolan Mickelson on Facebook. Sam Houston? Houston? <laughs> <laughs> that one's good. Well played, Nolan. That yes. one's really good. Oh my Hashtag BYUSN on X, Facebook, and Instagram. Hey, That resonates with BYU fans that, because of the whole BYU Who thing. BYU Who? Yeah, Sam Houston? That's what uh, UTEP fans were yelling at BYU in the 2010 New Mexico. Oh, BYU Who? Oh. BYU football returns tomorrow. We'll get you ready. 8 Eastern, BYUSN game day. Spence is going to hang out with this Cougar. Um, and for some reason, yep. Dave is grilling a football. It's tomorrow night at 8 Eastern. Sam Houston, BYU on BYU TV in the app. Grill up that pigskin, Dave. Mmm, <laughs> bacon. That nope, taste, wrong. That's the wrong pigskin. That tastes and smells terrible. <laughs> <laughs> up next, Fox Sports Petros Papadakis on yeah. the call for tomorrow's Sam Houston at BYU game. And he helps us get set for the matchup. What is his biggest question mark surrounding BYU? This is BYU Sports Nation. I love Petros. BYU Sports Nation is sponsored by Beastbox Global Grill, a unique dining experience featuring Texas, Hawaiian, and Korean meats. The best of BYU Sports Nation will be right back. Rise and shout for the trending topics of the week here on the best of BYU Sports Nation. I'm Jerem Jordan. He is a movie fan and a college football fan, and these will combine yeah. in Jason Shepard. Let's bring these together. The ACC is doing just that. Up to 75 games of the ACC, they're going to go ahead and put those in movie theaters for fans to just go and watch stadium style in a movie theater. You get the stadium style at a stadium. Now you're going to go stadium you're style gonna... in a movie theater. What about a movie uh, style in a football stadium? Anyway. Have you seen a football game in a movie theater? I've seen one. No, I have not. I didn't even know that was an option. <laughs> <laughs> now it is in the ACC. Look, I realize, I knew you could watch games, you know, at stake centers. Um, <laughs> that was a thing. I didn't that know. That was a thing when you were in your 20s. <laughs> but um, <laughs> one time on my mission, BYU-Utah basketball, like we were switching through the satellite feeds and yeah. BYU-Utah basketball. Uh, came on, and I just stopped and watched for like a minute or two, and I was like, this is so awesome. Can we just watch this? Let's just watch this. In 2007, BYU played at Tulsa. It was on CSTV, which became CBS Sports Network. Yeah. 
Not a lot of people had this channel. So University Mall was a like $3 theater at the mm -hmm. time. Ah, oh, the good old it days. It wasn't Movies 8. That was a, the dollar theater. You guys are missing out. Our students in here don't have movies. No, yeah, it, it was torn down. So we went there and watched it. It would have been awesome, but it was a little warm, and there was a lot of complaining. So it wasn't super fun. To me, that's my idea of hell. A little warm and a lot of complaining. 75 games? Do they think people are going to show up for that many games? That I, seems like a very high number. I think the technology is so good in people's homes with uh, the picture and sound that it's not that enticing to go to a movie theater unless you want that community experience. Look, That's where I can see it. You're fun. getting the reclining at your own home. You're getting the food at your own home. Way less. Way less expensive, yes. unless you're going on Tuesdays where it's $5. I did that yesterday. We finally saw Barbie. It was <laughs> hilarious. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. Well, it's a different feel to the team this year, and I, and I liked it. We've been connecting really well, especially in practices. And it's been fun. It's been really good to get out there and then play with the boys. Sam Houston is going to be dope. Like, like the offense against BYU's defense? I don't think that's what Ben Bywater meant, but let's see what's trending presented by Feastbox, donating 10% of every order to Full of Hope, a charitable organization that feeds hungry families. We're just a couple days away. We'll get into exactly how many. I think you can do the math. But Shep, on Wednesday, August 30th, is there any legitimate reason to be nervous about the game with Sam Houston at this point? No. Back to you. Topic back to two. Back to the studio. Back to the studio. Uh, no. Th legitimate reason? Absolutely not. Illegitimate? No. When the team is favored by three touchdowns, there's no legitimate reason to be concerned about the outcome of the game in terms of wins and losses. Yeah. Now, non-legitimate reasons. Or illegitimate. Or, if you're a fan, and I don't, maybe, maybe this is just a me thing. Even if my team is favored by 50, I'm Which the Chiefs sometimes are. I'm always in the back of my head going, oh, it's probably just my luck that we'll be the team that'll, you know. So there's, there's that worrisome stuff that has no bearing on anything. Mm -hmm. BYU is the superior team. Sure. BYU's favored by three touchdowns. So legitimate reasons to be concerned? No. BYU's going to win the game. But there are things, like I said, if you want to worry about something, like I guess there's going to be people that if BYU doesn't score enough, they're going to be concerned. What, what would be enough to you? Honestly, if, if, if you're winning by at least three touchdowns, that's fine. So if it's 21-0. If it's 21-0, I'll take that in a second. We because, number one, that, that means offense, that the defense. Yes, we will say the offense didn't score enough, though. Yeah, that yeah, there's no legitimate reason in my mind to be concerned about Sam Houston. Now, that look, I realize – that's bullets and board material for a lot of people. I can say that. Players can't say that. Yeah, they're not. No, and they, they're not going to say that. They, re, they respect Sam Houston and, and what they can do. Yeah, this is this is they're a not going to speak openly if they feel that way. Yes, this is a, this is a team that's coming into the FBS for the first time. Yes, this is a team that that redshirted 15 players off of last year's roster in order to prepare for this step up in competition, and. I just there's there's no legitimate reason for BYU fans to be concerned about this game. BYU's going to win this game and win it big. Yeah, not winning and losing, right? It's just is it a good enough performance to give us some inkling of what is to come, right? And then BYU plays Southern Utah, a team that it should beat by more than it beats the Bearcats, and then you go to Arkansas, which is perhaps the toughest game on the schedule. I would argue, uh, you know, at Texas probably tougher, maybe second toughest at Arkansas. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm not legitimately concerned. I'm illegitimately thinking about, uh, you know, defense 
and can it hold Sam Houston specifically under, you know, 17 or fewer points to me would be a good defensive performance out of the gates. If it happens to be 24 with a garbage touchdown late, well, I sure hope you got to the high 40s on offense. Um, if BYU happens to go 50, 60, 70, if that's in the cards, great. But also, you don't want to show a ton either. Yes. It's game one. You're going to be very also, vanilla. If BYU is able to get a large lead late in the third quarter, get the starters out of there. Because you need Keaton Slovis and Aiden Robbins and Eddie Heckard and all these guys for the long haul. So um, that's one thing. The other thing uh, that I'm, well, frankly, legitimately concerned about, Chip, is whether BYU fans will actually remember to wear royal or white, depending on which section they're in, to stripe the stadium. So if you're in section 45, you got to remember that you got to wear royal blue. Or if you're in section 26, you're wearing white, okay? See, I need to remind my family they need to be wearing white. If your family's the reason it's not completely striped, I'm going to be so mad. I just okay? want to tell you where they sit. <laughs> <laughs> that, okay, it happened in what, 2012 against Hawaii, I want to say, BYU did the stripe, and it looked really cool. It looked awesome. I, I don't doubt that Cougar fans will do that. But don't be the guy or girl that wears orange, which is Sam Houston's color, in 1996. You know, there'll be some hunters be- <laughs> that will show up to the it's game. It's almost hunting season, baby! <laughs> uh, in 1996... A, a, a 12-year-old version of me just wore a shirt to the game against Texas a Just wore a shirt. It just happened to be maroon. But what, what were you what thinking? What an idiot! Why um, were you not even at the age of Why did no aware? one with me say, Jerem, you're an idiot. Wear a blue shirt or wear a white shirt. Because they knew that you should know better. That I was an idiot. <laughs> that was my you second should, home game. At you BYU should know is. better than that. Uh, should I have? I don't think I've learned much since then. But we know this. That BYU plays Sam Houston in how many days? Countdown to the Bearcats. Three days away. Still waiting for Dave McCann to sing. You know? Why won't he sing? Didn't sing yesterday. Is he like Jerry Dave? who refuses Dave? to run? Dave refuses to sing? <laughs> that's that's one of his things. Yeah. Blaine, you can't get to stop singing yes. off the air. That's very, that's a true fact of Very time. good tenor, by the way. Excellent tenor. Yeah. May see him in BYU Homecoming Spectacular at one point. <laughs> you never know. All right, topic number two. Yes. Yesterday was roster cutdown day in the National Football League. Uh, all teams had to trim their rosters to yep. the league-mandated 53-man active roster. And that brings us to the stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. After roster cutdown day, mm-hmm. 14 former BYU players made... The 40, or excuse me, the 53-man roster. So first and foremost, congratulations to all those that were able to make it. Those guys include, to nobody's surprise, Fred Warner of the 49ers, Zach Wilson of the Jets, Taysom Hill with the Saints, Jamal Williams also with the Saints, Tyler Algier with the Falcons, uh, Jaron Hall, Puka Nakua, Brady Christensen, Blake Freeland, Sione Takitaki, Kyrus Tonga, Dax Milne, Michael Davis, and Chris Brooks, any surprises for you? Chris Brooks was a surprise as an undrafted guy to make the 53 on a, a good team. Dolphins aren't tanking uh, to where they're like, yeah, yeah, we'll just take who, like what Arizona looks like they're doing at quarterback. I don't know. Chris Brooks making the 53 was awesome. Did we undervalue this guy last year? We, this guy just made an NFL, 53-man NFL roster and averaged 6.3 yards per carry. He was better than you think. That's awesome. Congrats to all those guys. Um, I'm not surprised by, like, Puka making the Rams. He's, 
He's, I think, BYU's best receiver uh, ever in terms of his upside in the NFL. Austin Colley still holds that, but, like, Puka could get to that. Um, some offensive linemen. When I look at this, eight of the 14 are skill position players. Right. Taysom Hill being a hybrid. You have two and a half quarterbacks, if you will, in the league. You have three running backs. That doesn't even include Tyson Williams, who could make the practice squad with somebody and be in the mix, as he has the last couple years. It is incredible to see what BYU has done at skill, positions, the last few years. Two receivers now in the NFL, which is awesome. Dax Milne continues to defy the odds, right, which is incredible. And then I would love for BYU to get more offensive linemen. You've got one D lineman, Kyrus Tonga. BYU needs to be in the D lineman game. This defense takes a step up when they can do what Utah did with Kalani Stake up there, which is get the star low two leles and so on, that you have that tackle and that end that really make a difference. I, I look forward to that day, hopefully soon. Bummer for the eight guys that got waived. Mm-hmm. Matt Bushman, Caleb Hayes, Zane Anderson, Chris Wilcox, James MP, Tomasi Lalule, Tyson Williams, D'Angelo Mandel. And then there are three free agents of note, Kyle Van Noy, Harvey Longy, Daniel Sorensen. We could see all three, maybe two of those guys on rosters, who knows, depending on need. Kyle Van Noy not being on a roster at this point is pretty shocking given his talent. He's not retired. None of them have said they're retired. Um, so we'll see what happens. But congrats to Chris Brooks. Looking forward to several practice squad guys who perhaps make a 53 yep. during the season. Because um, Caleb Hayes had one of the better preseasons, according to PFF, of all players. So we'll, we'll see what happens. Remember, it was at this point that Taysom Hill got released by the Packers. Um, sorry, maybe a week or two earlier when they had earlier cuts. And then he goes to the Saints Immediately and thrives. Picked so up. who knows what the future looks like for those eight waved guys. Yeah, if there's any surprise, it would be Chris Brooks, and not because he doesn't have the skill set or deserve it. He absolutely does. Yep. It's just a numbers game, and you just never know. Anytime you're an undrafted free agent, immediately the odds are stacked against you because the team did not invest a draft pick in you. When push comes to shove, they're probably going to lean towards somebody that they invested a draft pick in to give them the roster spot. But it became more and more clear as we saw preseason continue that Chris Brooks was going to get a legit chance to make the 53-man roster. He scored multiple touchdowns in the preseason. He looked every bit the part of an NFL back, and we got to see that. He has. Yes. He's always looked like a superhero. 100%. So awesome for him. The other thing that I think is pretty cool, when you look at the 14 players that are on rosters, all but three of them were drafted. The three that are in the NFL now that were undrafted, Chris Brooks, obviously, Michael Davis with the Chargers, and Taysom Hill with the Saints. Mm -hmm. Everybody else was drafted. And we talk so much about the importance of programs having the ability to tell recruits, we will put you in the NFL. And not just as free agents. You have a chance when you come here to be drafted into the National Football League, and I think this is a great example of what we're talking about here. Not to mention, you're talking about guys who may be the best at their position. I'm looking right at you, Fred Warner, with yeah, the 49ers. Fred Warner, absolutely. Nine of the 14 are Kalani-recruited guys. Uh, 13 of the 14 played for Kalani at least a year. So BYU's back in the NFL player business. There were a few years there where it was slim pickings, like six or seven dudes. You were getting one every couple of years and it, uh, in the draft and just making rosters to add to that group. Now BYU's got 14 in there with potentially more. Who knows? Again, with KVN and Harvey Longy and Daniel Sorensen and perhaps a guy in the 53 or whatnot. This is exciting. 
and BYU is in the quarterback game. Yeah. The last two starting quarterbacks for BYU are going to be backups on their respective teams. Obviously, Zach Wilson can take a backseat to Aaron Rodgers, but this is a good thing as we chronicled. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. Hear what the coaches, athletes, and experts have to say. Here's another great interview from the week on the best of BYU Sports Nation. It's a Monday, it's game week, and that means Trevor Maddich is on BYU Sports Nation. I spoke to him earlier today. Trevor, it is a great thing when we chat, and when we chat, it means it's football season. So thanks for being on the show today. It's a Maddich Monday. It was great to be here. Football is back. Let's go, baby. BYU certainly with its most unique season, perhaps in history, first season in the Big 12. They start out with Sam Houston, who's an interesting team, Trevor, because they won an FCS national championship in the spring of 21. They're now an FBS team. And here we go. BYU begins with the team from Texas. And this is kind of a tricky matchup for BYU. It's a good matchup for BYU to get started because there won't be a pushover. The strength of Sam Houston's team is their front seven. Their defensive line is stout inside against the run. They've got a couple of really good edge guys. They've got maybe the best linebacking core in Conference USA coming into Conference USA. So that front seven is a real test for BYU's offensive line and running game. Now, the Sam Houston secondary is, I think, vulnerable. So I think what you'll see is some, some tough sledding in the running game, but they'll try to get it established. And ultimately, I think Keaton Slovis will come out and have a big first game. Always a little scary when there's multiple talented guys who redshirted for this season, for this moment. They're playing two Big 12 teams in BYU and Houston, so it's a showcase game for the Bearcats as well. You mentioned Keaton Slovis. Certainly high expectations for Keaton himself and for whoever the BYU quarterback is, given the success of Zach Wilson and Jaron Hall now. What do you expect from Keaton Slovis in game one? I expect him to be precise. I expect him to distribute the ball to a lot of different receivers. I expect him to be decisive, to not sit in the pocket and try to figure out what's going on. Drop, set, throw. That's what I need to see from him. And I, need, I expect to see him get a lot of different people involved, and that's important because this is a very deep and diverse wide receiver core tight end with Isaac Rex coming back. Looks like it should be a big strength. They're going to have running backs that will be able to come out of the backfield as well. And as they get into the meat of the schedule when Arkansas shows up or when they go to Arkansas and then they get into their conference schedule, they're going to need to find the matchup advantages. And these first couple of games, BYU needs to win them. They need to stay healthy. But they need to find the guys that are able to, to take advantage of matchups down the road when they're facing teams that might be a little bit better than Sam Houston. What are some of those matchups that you feel like BYU needs to prepare for when they get to 10 power fives in a row? Well, the, the matchups they'll need to prepare for are to start with up front. The offensive line just needs to be brutal. They just need to be brutal. They need to overpower people more so than they did last year. Last year, I was a little disappointed with the ferocity, let's put it that way, that I thought wasn't there as much as it could have been. This year, I expect more from that. A couple of really big running backs, Aiden Robbins, and they got more to be able to pound the ball. That's important. But when you talk about matchups, 
I think the tight ends are going to be critical because BYU has enough wide receivers to be able to spread the field and draw the better cover guys from opposing defenses out wide. And the tight ends working the middle will be key once BYU gets to the meat of the schedule and the tougher defenses that they'll play. We're talking to national champion from BYU and ESPN college football analyst Trevor Maddich on a Maddich Monday on Game Week. BYU taking on Sam Houston. Cougars are a 20-point favorite in this game. Would a 20-point win be sufficient? Sure. I mean, BYU this year, who knows? They might catch lightning in a bottle and, and make some national noise. I, I think the most important thing for the Cougars is to survive in advance. And so if they win by 20, great. If they win by 40, better. Uh, because it will tell you that they're they're starting at a, at a run. But if they have a hard-fought battle, which I expect this to be, and they win by a touchdown, they win by a field goal, but they win. That, to me, is enough because – this game against Sam Houston, whether they win by 40 or they win by four, isn't going to change what their, their fortunes are going to be going forward. Defensively, new staff led by Jay Hill, defensive coordinator, some transfers brought in to shore up that defense, which wasn't good last year. How will you know and what will you be watching to see if that defense is significantly better in the first couple of weeks? Well, Jim, there's, there's two things in particular. One is tackle. Tackle. Don't miss so many tackles. And by all accounts, in camp, they, they have really emphasized that, and they've done a much better job. Now we'll see what happens when it's a live game. Another is somebody besides Tyler Batty get to the passer. And Tyler Batty gets to the passer as well. They need to improve their individual pass rush so that when they do blitz and attack from different angles with extra people, they've got not just that hope to pressure the quarterback. Another is swarm to the ball. Get, get every defender around the ball every time it's possible when you put those things together you pressure the quarterback you tackle well and you uh, swarm to the ball then takeaways start to happen at a higher rate so those are the things that will enable the takeaways which ultimately is going to be a big part of the success of this defense how will you quantify success in year one for BYU football in the big 12 Jeremy if they get to a bowl game if they win six games it will be I think a tremendous success because the schedule is just absolutely brutal. And it's not just tough teams that they play. It's relentless. Once they hit Arkansas, there's no break. Everything is a losable game. Every most everything is a winnable game. Everything really is a winnable game for BYU, but the, the, the physicality and the talent that they will face week after week after week will be relentless. And if they're able to come up with six wins, then I think that would be a successful season. If they get to seven or even eight, then it will be a masterful season, and, and Coach Sataki should be up for National Coach of the Year. It's not because of any deficiency with the players. It's because I think they're still working on depth. Losing Micah Harper at safety hurts. And so I think they'll need to put everything together and play at the maximum of their potential. But if they get to six and they get to a bowl game, I think fans should say, okay, that's a really good start because the Cougars will only get better from here as they continue to recruit to a Big 12 conference. The expectations are low from uh, national analysts. I think uh, we've said it, at least on this show, I've said six, Spencer said seven. You say getting to a bowl game. So, yeah, we're all in agreement. I think, Trevor, it's because we don't know, one, how 31 transfers and half the roster will gel together, and two, how tough the Big 12 is. BYU's never had this challenge before. And it's a unique season and team in BYU history. 
It is unique. And, and the thing about this this conference is that it's really good. I mean, there are a lot of teams that are going to be tough to beat. I mean, you just take a look at Kansas, their first conference game. So they're coming off Arkansas. BYU and Arkansas are going to beat each other up. Arkansas going into the SEC schedule after that is going to be pounded and sore. BYU, same way, heading into the Big 12 schedule, going to Kansas. Kansas, with Jalen Daniels at quarterback, is one of the most dynamic offenses in the nation. They've got 10 guys back from last year that nobody could stop until Daniels got hurt. Then when he got hurt, they kind of fell off just a little bit. Kansas's defense has a lot of experience. They, they need to prove they can take the next step up. But that's a game that I expect to be incredibly high scoring. And Kansas normally in recent years would be a, a check mark on the schedule for a win. Okay, we're going to beat Kansas. Move on. Who's next? This year, Kansas. Kansas would be a, a, a tremendous quality win if BYU is able to get it. And then the, the Big 12 schedule continues from there. Texas Tech, one of the best offenses in the country and a defense that has experience coming back. So, you know, even the teams that you would think, okay, they're not Texas, they're not Oklahoma, rebounding from a tough year last year. They're not Kansas State who won the, the Big 12 championship last year. They're not TCU who went to the playoff. And TCU, by the way, is reloaded in the transfer portal. TCU is going to be a really tough out as well. And they'll be a challenge to win the Big 10 champ or Big 12 championship as well, I believe. So where's the soft spot? There, there, there really isn't one. That's why I think getting to six wins would be a quality season for BYU because they will have had to beat a number of quality teams to get there. Every win in the Big 12 would be a big win, like you're saying. And next year, the four corners come in, and it's going to be a new-look uh, Big 12. What are your thoughts on that? Because we haven't talked with you in a, in a while, and now BYU and Utah are in the same league again. I think it's fantastic. I love it that BYU and Utah are in the same league. And their game matters beyond just bragging rights. When they were in the Mountain West and then the Western Athletic Conference, you know, the 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 game mattered from a standpoint of conference championships as well. And I love it that that element is still there. You know, that's one of the great rivalries. And when you talk to people around ESPN, I mean, jaded college football professionals who have seen rivalry after rivalry, they talk about the BYU-Utah rivalry as one of their favorites because it's just so intense. And so I'm glad that, that we have a chance for that to keep going forward in this conference. And so that's a good thing. The four-corner school coming in, so you got Colorado, Arizona, and Arizona State joining Utah, entering the Big 12 next year. Uh, I think that's great, too, because it adds stability to the Big 12. And right now, if you're not the Big 10 or the SEC, the the most important thing is stability. I mean, we thought it was money, uh, you know, a few months ago. But now that the Pac-12 after this season will just disappear in a shower of sparks, stability is the most important thing. And bringing in those schools helps to, to maintain the stability of the Big 12 so that they can then continue to improve on the finances relative to those other two conferences. Well, Trev, we appreciate the time. The beard is looking uh, in mid-season form, and uh, let's get after it. BYU and Sam Houston this week. Can't wait for it to get going. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event. Had some mint brownies the other day. They were the MVP of that yes. event. 
Yes, always the right decision. Follow BYU Sports Nation on social media for content throughout the day on Facebook, X, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. Welcome back to Studio B. I am Spencer Linton. He is Dave McCann. Let's get to today's headlines presented by BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event. Start us off, Dave. BYU football four days away from opening night. Sam Houston will be here. Here's what head coach Kalani Sataki had to say about opening up the season against the Bearcats. Just tons of athleticism and tons of talent and really well coached. And so uh, it's going to be an exciting game. We're excited to be here at home and it's a home opener and looking forward to this season. It's now come. I mean, it's, uh, you know, we've been fielding these questions for a long time since uh, even spring ball. And uh, now that we're here, it's, it's uh, game week and the guys are really uh, excited and we're ready to roll. BYU also named Keaton Slovis, Isaac Rex, Connor Pei, Kingsley Suamataia, Ben Bywater, Tyler Batty, Eddie Heckard, and A.J. Vong Pachang as the eight captains, along with ten other players being named as co-captains. NFL cutdown day is today. Mm -hmm. Rosters by league mandate have to be trimmed to 53 players by 4 p.m. Eastern. Zane Anderson, former Cougar standout, was waived by the Buffalo Bills this morning, but is expected to have plenty of options to land on a practice squad because uh, he's a special team star, including in Buffalo. He might end up there on the practice squad. BYU currently has 21 former players on, or, or yes, rather former players on NFL rosters. How many will stick is the question. Think about it there are going to be 105 Cougars come out dressed Saturday night from the locker room. There's 53 guys on an NFL team. Half. It is so tough to make it. We wish them all the best. We'll keep you posted. Women's soccer up to number nine in the yes. country and uh, and cruising after beating Long Beach State and Boise State last week. So they got number one UCLA at Southfield on Thursday. It's a mega night at Southfield. Be the first time the Cougars have hosted a number one team since Stanford yes. in 2018. If you're anywhere near Southfield, buy a ticket. You're going to want to be at this event. Stanford was so dominant in 2018, and BYU was not quite on par. This is a little different. Yeah. BYU has a legitimate chance, like, chance to win this game against number one. And you're going to want to be there the night BYU takes down number one, Thursday night. Doesn't happen often that a number one team's in Provo. After a 3-0 weekend and upset win over Pittsburgh, BYU women's volleyball also into the top 10. They move up eight spots. Is everybody in the top 10 that's shown, started playing? Feels like it. The Cougars now number nine in the ABCA poll. They host LMU in their home opener tomorrow night. Hey, wait till cross country gets going. They're going to the top 10. Three top 10 teams, right? Three, there, will, there will be three top 10 teams, maybe four. If the men's and women's cross country teams yeah. are both ranked in the top 10, how about that? We're pacing for a very, very fun fall. They're okay. Big 12 ready. Yes, all of them. Those are today's headlines. Now let's opinionate in the whip. The Cougar Whip Round presented by Maersk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. BYU was second uh, among Big 12 or leaders. <laughs> what, what is when an they or leader? The depth chart, meaning it's going to be Dave or Spencer uh -huh, starting okay. at quarterback tonight. <laughs> so they had 19 ors on their list. Baylor uh, had 29. 29. Does this mean anything? Uh, apparently, Oklahoma has just entered the conversation with 21 oars. <laughs> <laughs> so, and we're not talking about the rowing team. So, BYU's number three. 
No, I, I think coaches just leave themselves options. Some programs more than others. You know what Clearly, they don't want to do? Baylor. They don't want to hear from the parents. So they're going to go, you know what? I don't want to hear from Mrs. Jones. I'm putting him as an or. Yeah. Or, could be this, or could be this guy. Like, it just sounds non-committal to me, Dave. Yeah. Like, be, beware the uh, fiance that is <laughs> Let me tell in you, favor of the or category. Broadcasters love it when there's like 19 <laughs> ors. Yes. Prepare for these guys, or you should prepare for these guys. Yeah. Who's the starter? Well, let's see. How much time do you have? The Big Ten announces its schools will put out a game day availability report. So, like, kind of like the NFL. At least two hours before each game this season. They're just going to say who's available. Clearly, they've been watching BYU Sports Nation game day because we do that before every football game. <laughs> you do it with your report. It's going to yes. be one of the shortest lists ever on Saturday night. Ay, come on. Which we're really excited about. Come on. I'm not drafting any Big Ten guys on my fantasy team, so I don't care. <laughs> but... It's good to know. Yes, I As do. As a fan, I want to know if my guys. Play. Yes, I do like that this is happening. I think I think this is long overdue for one, and a progressive of sorts by the Big Ten to take this to the college game and say yes, this is who is available. It helps us broadcasters so much. Yes. There was a report that the Vikings had an opportunity to trade for former 49ers and now current Cowboys quarterback Trey Lance. Yes. But the Vikings were content with sticking with Jaron Hall. What 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 do you make of this? I believe Kevin O'Connell, the head coach of the Minnesota Vikings, who said after the final preseason game on Saturday, I really liked what I saw from Jaron Hall, and I'm paraphrasing, and he said, I'd like to keep him around for a long time. So in that moment, I was like, Jaron just made the team. And yeah. yeah, like so I'm not shocked at all that they have opted to go with their guy. They saw him, they wanted him, they drafted him. Trey Lance, we'll see, but like they I, gave up on him quick. Yeah. The NFL gives up on guys. Credit the Jets for not giving up on Zach. That's a top five pick. Yeah. Top five pick. Wild. All right, speaking of the NFL, Dave, following the cutdown day. We mentioned there are 21 BYU players still technically on rosters until yeah. at least 4 p.m. Eastern 4 today, 2 p.m. Mountain. So of those 21, over under 13 former Cougars that will stick on a 53-man roster. I'm going to take a gamble and go over Ooh. because I think I think there'll be 13, and a 14 could be a guy like Matt Bushman. Yes. Um, yes. So I'm going to go with over, but that's I, I don't know if BYU's ever had 14 guys. And Kyle Van Noy is still sitting at home taking it easy, waiting to sign with a team. So we could have an actual sure. another one coming I mean, it was, it was pretty close to that last year, like 13 or 14 yeah. last year. Um, so what hurts is BYU, no Daniel Sorensen on the roster right now, no Kyle Van Noy on the roster right now. and But no, you've added three with Freeland, Holland, and Puka. And Puka Nakua. And no Harvey Longy on a roster. Right. So, like, there's a little bit of trade-off. Like, yeah. last year was pretty good. There were 13 or 14 guys. Just let me run down these names really fast that are absolutely going to make it. Tyler Algier, Brady Christensen, Sione Takitaki, uh, Blake Freeland, okay? Michael Davis, Puka Nakua, I feel like, is a lock. Jaron Hall, I think, is a lock. Kyrus Tonga, Taysom Hill, Jamal Williams, Zach Wilson, Fred Warner, Dax Milne. That's 13 right there. So, can a guy like Chris Brooks or Matt Bushman or uh, is Tyson Williams. Yeah. Well, there be, so I'm, I'm with you. I think they have 13 are solid. There's going to be one more that sticks. It's going to be 14, Dave. I'm with I, you. I do like Tyson Williams' shot with Arizona. Right? We'll be right back with more of the best of BYU Sports Nation. The best of BYU Sports Nation collects our favorite conversations 
and brings them to you every Saturday. Sam Houston versus Gregor Young. Two dudes duking it out. Saturday night, FS1 and BYU Radio pregame on BYU TV and BYU Radio starts at 8 Eastern. Today, Kalani Sitake and company will have a press conference coming up at 2 Eastern. Big weekend for Cougars in the NFL preseason, beginning with Zach Wilson. 11 for 18, passing 107 yards in his final preseason performance for the Jets. Overall, it's been a great preseason yep. for Zach. Jaron Hall had his best preseason hey. performance. 16 for 27, 178 yards, a touchdown and an interception for the Vikings. His head coach said, I'd like to keep him around for a while. Love to hear that. Always a good thing when you're Fred a player. Fred Warner assessment. had a sack for the San Francisco 49ers. Chris Brooks, six carries, 33 yards, and two touchdowns. One reception for 10 yards. Is it enough for Chris Brooks to make the 53-man roster in Miami? Cougars in the NFL preseason part two. Matt Bushman, two catches for 24 yards. He had a touchdown as well. Yep. Dax Milne had an eight-yard catch for the Commanders. Zane Anderson, two tackles for the Bills. D'Angelo Mandel, two tackles for how about them Cowboys? Caleb Hayes, attack for the Jaguars. And Tomasi Laulile had oh, yeah. two tackles for the Broncos. That's right. He just signed with Denver, yeah, and he's did. already doing work. 17th-ranked BYU women's volleyball. What a weekend. Went 3-0 at the Ellison Invitational over the weekend in Montana, highlighted by an upset of number 5 Pitt. Watch the soccer highlights right now. That was awesome, too. We'll get to we, that in a moment. We're aware this is uh, not volleyball. All the women's sports matter, okay? I'm going to keep talking about volleyball, though. Uh, when you beat a top five team, we should. First win over a top five team since 2019, and uh, when they beat second-ranked Stanford, BYU also beat Texas Rio Grande Valley three sets to one, and Montana three sets to one. They'll host LMU, WCC opponent, on Wednesday in the home opener. Number 11, women's soccer beat Boise State, as you just saw, 4-1 on Saturday. Goals from Bella Felino in the second minute, Olivia Wade-Katoa with her fourth of the year, game winner in the 50. Uh, uh, that was the game winner by Olivia Wade Katoa. Yep. Allie Fryer attacked one on Brecken Mozingo as well. The Cougars are 3-0, ranked number 11. They could climb. They host number one UCLA in one of the biggest matches ever at Southfield. Perhaps a top 10 matchup I with think the it's gonna be. champs. Thursday night on ESPN+. Plus. Yes, put them, in, put them in the top 10, make it a top 10 matchup. How about Jimmer Fredette? Three-on-three basketball. He helped Team Miami advance to the semifinals of the FIBA three-on-three world tour DeBrecken Masters by hitting a game-winning three. Yeah, that one right there. Jimmer time. Ashley Hatch scored her ninth goal of the season for the Washington Spirit against the Portland Thorns FC. Hatch has the second-most goals in the NWSL and also uh, may play for the United States October 26th here locally as they just announced a game against Columbia. Or does she boycott it? I'm kidding. Oh <laughs> I hope she plays in the game. Yes, absolutely. Courtney Wayman plays 15th in the women's steeplechase final. Zach McWhorter finished 8th in the men's pole vault. And Rory nice. Linkletter took 19th. Nico Montanez 55th in the marathon at the World Athletics Championships in Budapest. Well done. Not all of the BYU athletes involved how in the cool, world championships. How cool is that? Jimmer was in Budapest too, by the way. So how about that? Everybody in Budapest. Kenneth Rooks, all the people we just mentioned, yep. Jimmer, yep. fantastic. Those are today's headlines. Now we offer some opinions in the whip. The Cooper Whip Round presented by Marisk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. Why are you saying whip like that? <laughs> Why am I saying what, whip? What, what way? <laughs> Zach Wilson, final preseason stats, 37 of 56, 365 yards. Yes. Touchdowns, no interceptions. Scale of 1 to 10, how is his preseason? Eight. 
I'd give Zach a solid 8 out of 10. I go 8.1 just to top you. Sure, I thought do it. it was tremendous. Do it. Maybe, really maybe if he had, a, you know, one more touchdown pass, but, but no interceptions. Didn't turn it over. Efficient. Made that great run with the leg. His yards per pass attempt was not super high, which is why I don't give him a 9 or a 10. It was a little conservative, but... For them, they just want him to not turn it over, frankly. He had a fantastic yeah. preseason yeah. overall. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. We're being, I'm being nitpicky for sure. All right, Jeremy, just how big of a statement was BYU women's volleyball's win against number five Pitt, especially because they had lost three straight to Pitt. Yeah, and ended BYU season in the NCAA tournament the last two years, Spencer. This was tremendous. Claire Little at outside, Mia Lee at uh, middle blocker, and Kamile Hiapo at libero were tremendous additions. Yes, and this yes. team exercised some demons in that win. Can't wait to call the matches this week at home against LMU and McNeese and UC Davis because BYU looks very good. They could climb into the top ten. I hope 10. they're a top ten They could climb in there. I hope soccer and volleyball are both in the top ten this Come week. Come on now. Okay, we got big time stuff to yep. discuss right now. A photo of Drake wearing not just any BYU jersey, but looks like an original BYU jersey from the 80s. He wore this. This came out on social media. What do we make of this? I'm a little distracted by the yellow shoes that... Uh, <laughs> you don't have a pair of those? <laughs> Drake's wearing a BYU no, jersey? Like I, I did like a quadruple take when I first saw it. I was yeah. like, that looks just like a BYU Holiday Bowl jersey with the poinsettias it on absolutely the sleeves, is. on the shoulder pads right there. Yes. Okay, so to help us learn a little bit more about this, we yep. welcome in adjunct professor, uh, professor of adjunct professor rather at BYU Football Uniforms, yep. Hema Heymuli, who has Spray gone in depth. Yes, come on in, Hema. Well, professors, professors, <laughs> thank you for having me on. Tell hey. us about this. What is going on? Is this a BYU jersey? This is, and you know, I'm you know as adjunct professor of all things sports swag. I uh, <laughs> had to first verify whether or not this jersey was authentic, okay. if it was real or not. Yes. Okay. And uh, after you know a review of my studies and my notes, I have decided that it is, in fact, an authentic jersey because uh, if you notice the little tag on his waist, okay. it was that jersey that he's wearing was produced by a company called Spanjian, uh -huh, uh -huh. which I, I have the same tag <laughs> here. This is a... Uh, and uh, my dad's football pants from the uh, 80s. How cool so, is that? Yeah. all-time leading Russian viewer history. So, so it is, in fact, an authentic Span jersey. Yep. So he's, he's and, rocking the Span And, like, the BYU mesh jersey. gets you, too. Yes. That, oh, for sure. And, and, and the poinsettia uh -huh. on the, the uh, emblem there. What? Now, here's the real issue. Is BYU going to get the Drake curse? Because he's wearing a BYU <laughs> I jersey. I don't think so. Uh, I think, Hopefully not. Yeah. If, if so, we need to wear all our uh, vintage BYU stuff to reverse that curse. Okay. Yes. Rally okay. cap it. How wild. But that, how cool is it that you have those pants to be able to go to as a reference and be like, okay, yes. Let me check these. There, yes. there is a tie Absolutely. there. Well, that's why so. you're the adjunct professor. Yes. Of course. All things. Hemme hey, Mooley, ladies and gentlemen, the adjunct professor of BYU uniforms and all things yeah. BYU swag. Thanks, Hema. Oh, no problem. I just Great want to see stuff. if Collinsworth slide out of here. Let's see it. <laughs> nice. And he's off. Nice. The season debut of BYU football class hockey, as produced by Hema Heymuli. It's Tuesday, tomorrow at 8.30 Eastern. Klein Stocky and company prepare for Sam Houston. Watch it live on the BYU TV app. Get your free tickets to the show on BYUSN.com. All right, more of your pressing questions from our Monday mailbag up next. This is BYU Sports Nation and Game Week. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Maersk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. Join the conversation 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook 
using the hashtag BYUSN. The best of BYU Sports Nation rolls on after this. Get caught up in the week in Cougar Sports. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation. Okay, welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. Uh, Jason and Jerem, it is time for Know the Foe. It's back, baby, because it's game week. Sam Houston, Colton Potter's our producer. He is going to give us a couple of questions each, starting with Jason, and we're going to see how much we know about the Bearcats of Sam Houston. Colton, take it away. All right, starting off with Jason. Sam Houston won the 2020 FCS National Championship in the spring season due to COVID in 2021. Which team did they beat in the championship game? Is it A, North Dakota State, B, Montana State, C, South Dakota State, Mm. or D, James Madison? I am going to go with C, South Dakota State. That's right, nice. Did you know that? I did not know that. That Are they the 100% again? Jackrabbits? Jackrabbits? I think yes, so. they are the Jackrabbits. Jackrabbits. Okay. Awesome. okay, one for nice, me. Nice, dude. One for me. Nice. All right, Jerem, your first question. Sam Houston's campus is in Huntsville, Texas. Yep. Which other Texas-based university <laughs> is Shoot. Sam Houston's primary rival? Oh, boy. Oh, I know this. I think I know this. <sighs> okay, Abilene was in the whack as well with him for a sec. Stephen F. Pretty good. Oh, man. Carnate word. We love that here. I'm going to go. Oh, man. Are they, oh, are they he gets this wrong. I want to guess. I'll go Abilene. Abilene Christian. Dang it. Okay. Is Stephen it, F? Is it Stephen F. Austin? Oh, it man. Is it's two nice. dudes F. Austin. You got it's Steve two dudes. Sam. It's Brigham and Steve and <laughs> Sam. Dang it. Do I get a point for that? We should do that. We should, yeah. Can we do uh, that, Colton? You just yeah, allow? Yeah, yeah, of course, Done. of course. Done. We just make up the rules the on the air. On the fly. You have two nothing. Let's okay, go. All right. Okay. All right. Back to you, Jason. Okay. One of the more no- one of the more notable alumni of Sam Houston is movie director Richard Linklater. Mm-hmm. Which Jack Black movie did Linklater direct? Is it School of Rock, Kung Fu Panda, Gulliver's Travels, or Nacho Libre? Oh, okay. Okay. We should know that it's not this one because a BYU yes. grad did Nacho and Libre. And I don't believe Jared that it's does. School of Rock. I want to say I'm not cool enough. That Linklater is. I'm gonna go Kung Fu Panda. Mm. Ah. Okay. Do I get a guess then? Yeah. Yes. Gulliver's Jared. Travels. Oh! Was it School of Rock? It was School of Rock. Dang it, I should have known Dang. that. Dang it. No relation to Rory Link Letter, uh, by the way. Yeah, from BYU. Or Rory McElroy. <laughs> Thank you. All right, so Jer- Jason leads 2-0. <laughs> okay. Jerem, on to you for your second question. <laughs> get one right here. In case you didn't know this, a bear cat is neither a bear nor a cat, and it belongs <laughs> to the civet and mongoose family. Yes. With that being said, what is the name of Sam Houston's mascot? Is it Tommy Bearcat, Bobby Bearcat, Sammy Bearcat, or Billy Bearcat? Okay, I don't, I don't actually know the answer here, so I'm just going to... I have a brother-in-law named Tommy. I love Tommy. Bobby Bonilla is still getting paid by Sammy Sosa, Billy Bean. Fantastic reasoning here, by the way. Oh. <laughs> Billy Bearcat. Oh. <laughs> All right, so I'm going to go with Bobby Bearcat. Oh! Sammy. It's Dang, Sammy because of Sam Houston. Houston. Oh. That makes so much sense. A the bunch answer, of freaking idiots up here. The answer was literally staring us in the face. Gosh. That's all the answers are, too. 
All right, it remains 2-0, Jason. Okay. On to your last question. Internship was really fun. Sam Houston has produced a number of NFL players. Yes. Which NFL journeyman quarterback played for Sam Houston? Is it Kerry Collins? I know the answer. JT O'Sullivan, Jeff Blake, or Josh McCown? Don't mess it up. D, Josh McCown. Good one. That is correct. I've officially lost. So Jason has won this, but Jerem, just a, a consolation question for you. At me, basically what he means is out of pity. Yeah, yeah, moral victory status here. Okay. Yeah, let's get you let's one get on, the on the board. board. This yeah. is Sam Houston's first season in the FBS as brand new members of the yes. Conference USA. Yes. Who was the last Conference USA team that BYU beat in Lavelle Edwards Stadium? Oh, this Western was... Kentucky, UTSA, yes. Louisiana Tech, or Troy? Okay, this was all in 2020. It's just who did they play late? I know, later. that's what I'm trying to UTSA was early. La Tech was in October. It's either Troy or Western Kentucky. I don't remember which was later in the season. Dang it. I'm going to go with Troy. Ryan mm. Hewitt. Trusty, I would have said Troy as well. Okay, get, get a fourth. Okay, so. Oh, get Western Kentucky. It is Western Kentucky. Yeah. Troy is the only one of those teams that are not in Conference USA. Okay. Look, with all this conference They're in the Sun Belt. We cannot even be, we can't be held responsible for somebody not That's, knowing the conference yeah, anymore. You just pulled the like, yeah, how many animals did Moses get on the ark? It was Noah, not Moses, one of those. So congrats nice, to Jason, 3-0 nice win Trust in our me, first dude. edition of Know the Foe. The best of BYU Sports Nation will be back after this on BYU Radio. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation live in Studio B. we got a busy segment forthcoming. And Let's frankly, we unveil a brand new segment on BYU Sports Nation. We call it the Big 12 Roundup. Here's how it works. Each week, we will preview the biggest games in the Big 12 on Friday and then recap the results of the weekend's games on Monday. Now, in line with that, mm -hmm. we will present the odds and lines for each of these yes. big games. Not wins and losses. And make a pick on which team we think will cover their respective spread. Yeah. Let's do this. Jerem, what's game number one? Game number one is Colorado oh, man. versus TCU. TCU, a 20 and a half point fave. Who you got? I am taking Deion Sanders oh! and Colorado. Crap to cover the 20 and a half point spread. I, I think I he's not. got something up his sleeve, Jerem. Uh, no, uh, I have TCU covering. New really? Chandler Morris, who beat out Max Ooh. Duggan, going to deliver. TCU too talented overall. 20, you think they're gonna win by 21 or more? Holy I think Colorado cow. stinks right now. <laughs> That's why they made a go-to All right, game number two. UT San Antonio. Yep. They visited Provo just yep. a few years ago amidst that COVID season. We're yep. a good team. They're a two-point favorite against Dana Holgerson in Houston. Yep. Who do you got? I got Houston covering. Houston won an OT by exactly okay. two last year. Okay. But I see Houston winning this. UTSA, uh, I believe, hosting this one, so it'll be interesting. I agree with you. I think Houston will cover the two. Like It's, it's going to be a close game. I think that's a fair line, but I think Houston... Uh, they might just win this game outright. Let's go. Okay, Texas Tech, minus 14 versus Wyoming. I'm going with Texas Tech. I think they are wildly undervalued. I do too. Texas Tech, though, one and six in their last seven road games. They've struggled on the road. Finished the season on a high, though, winning four in a row. I like Tyler Shuck, man. I think their quarterback is really good. I think they have great running backs. I think that Wyoming's eight and one in the last nine in September. Pretty good. I just don't trust Wyoming. Certainly not against a team that's pick to be a dark horse to win the Big 12. Yeah. We'll see. They can still do that with that. All right. Fourth game. 
West Virginia at seventh ranked Penn State. Another 20 and a half point line. Uh, big expectations for Penn State. They got a five star quarterback in Drew Aller. Uh, this one on NBC, by the way. New Big Ten deal there at NBC. I have the Nittany Lions covering this one. Wow, so you're going you're going with the heavy favorite yes. at home. Again, just like you did with TCU against Colorado. Yeah, and they're playing uh, yeah. See, I think West Virginia is so salty after everything that has happened with their coach and being picked to finish last in the Big 12. They've got so much motivation, but I think that will carry them to compete a little bit longer in this game than you would think otherwise. But we are! Apparently we're Penn State fans with the white today. I think uh, West Virginia Rice, covers. Rice versus Texas. Texas favored by 35. JT Daniels, the quarterback at Rice, who was the starter over Keaton Slovis, freshman year in USC. He's the reason I think they are within 35 points. I think Rice is going to cover this. That's a ton of points. Yes, but if Texas is that good, Texas covered. I have Texas covered. Like Texas. Hook them. Texas could win 49 to 14. Am I going to get fined by the league for doing that? <laughs> Probably not. You remember that? Not this year. 49 to 14, they could, and they would push. Like, that's a lopsided line. It is a lot of points. Holy cow. So I'm taking Rice there. Okay, game six, Texas State against Baylor. The Bears yeah. in Waco are a 27 and a half point favorite. Baylor's offense was not tremendous last year. I have Texas State covering in this one. I think Baylor's good. I just think winning by 28 plus, maybe a little bit fast. Also, it's game one though. Who knows? I don't know. That wraps up the best of BYU Sports Nation this week. Tune in next Saturday for the Cougar news you need to hear. And catch the BYU Sports Nation simulcast every day at noon Eastern, 9 Pacific on BYU TV and BYU Radio.